It's inspiring to watch, to the point it inspired me to go harder than ever. It's like the phoenix rising out the ashes, you know? Mm, lucky me. Precious what I eat. Ain't no roses at my feet. Alrighty, we're live. How's it going, everyone? This is uh, Mateusz Przemdybu again. Also go by uh, Matt Detroit on social medias. And today I am interviewing someone I have known for a while. He has been in the music scene of Detroit for a very long time, over a decade. And uh, I have the pleasure of speaking with him. He has DJed at multiple locations. Some of them include Temple Bar, Marble Bar, Whiskey Disco, just to name a few. Jerry Downey Jr., Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, basically, I want to talk about on today's episode, just kind of like how you got started, how like the whole Detroit scene is, a couple other things about like what you want to kind of do in the future and things like that. But um, yeah, man. So uh, I guess first question now, uh, how, how was lunch? What did you have for lunch? <laughs> for lunch? <laughs> oh, I had a nice smoothie. <laughs> nice, nice. Cool. Yeah, I had a... Uh, at Chipotle, but um, I guess kind of going into it. Um, so I've known you for a while, probably like late high school, early mm. college. Um, and we met through a friend, John, who was actually on a previous episode. Oh, and, really? Yeah, looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, so I've ever since I've known you, you've been into music. Uh, has it like been something you grew up with, it, or was it like something that just kind of came about later on in life? Oh, I guess after elementary going into middle schools, when I really started picking up music. That's early. Started, uh, my father borrowed a guitar from my aunt, and okay. she used to tour with George Clinton, and so, and huh. the Funkadelic. No way. She was, uh, she's from Windsor, okay. uh, originally, and... Yeah, he never picked up the guitar, so one day I eventually picked it up, you know, as a preteen and slowly learned how to play guitar through the internet and started progressing from there, you know, started getting interested in recording around that time, around uh, middle school. Uh, I was using, uh, Adobe actually owns it now, but Cerulean used to make it. It used to be called Cool Edit Pro before it was Adobe Audition. Yeah, so I had a copy, you know, a pirated copy of Adobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not Adobe, but uh, Cool Edit Pro 2.0 on my Windows 98 computer and uh, slowly learned how to multi-track record. And th then, you know, things. Ne the next thing was, you know, oh, we want drums. So started dabbling in that. And Would you, like, record songs and stuff? Because oh, like, yeah. I feel like that's, like, probably a little bit of, like, guitar and drum. That's, like, classic, like, music and style. And then, like, more electronic, like... Uh, making music is different. Would there was like overlap a lot, or was it just they actually much? did? Because I didn't have many people to jam with, and you know, I would try to do bands with friends, but they were very short lived. Mm -hmm. But eventually, I started, you know, since I had to depend on myself, I eventually looked into uh, a digital audio workstation where I could actually track drums, you know, program drums, and then play guitar over them. Okay, cool. So it's like basically you got a couple things going on, and this is all like in like high school and even like junior high. And stuff. Yeah, junior high, high school, um, and you know I was using a digital audio workstation mainly from a rock and roll perspective, you know, programming drums that way. But then started getting more interested because they had synthesizers built in, so I started learning how to make patches and how you know basic uh, subtractive synthesis works and. Started creating songs that way, and I guess that was, you know, my introduction into electronic music. Okay. Okay, cool. So so you're actually, like, making, like, music of your own, because I know, like, mm -hmm. 
you know, I don't know too much about it, but like there's a pretty big distinction of like making your own music versus like getting tracks and from other people and playing that for a different night. But you, you actually were getting to the point where you're creative and like making your own stuff. Oh, yeah. I still have, you know, a couple of guitars. Nowadays, I've got many synthesizers. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, in high school, played in bands, uh, used to throw uh, shows too. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. We'd have them in my friend's basement. You know, we had parents who just kind of drank wine upstairs and let us do whatever. We used yeah. to skateboard in the basement and uh, throw That's rock nice. and roll shows. Nice, nice. Yeah. Classic <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> um, and then, so you, you kind of like started to get progressing more in the, like the digital uh, sphere and you eventually started like cuz obviously at at this point this is like what you do right mm-hmm. career wise so what like what stage did it kind of turn from a hobby into like a profession was it gradual was it like all of a sudden you're like oh i can make money doing this or? it was gradual you know um it took a while to build up you know contacts for the industry and uh build up you know a name a reputation but um i would say probably within the last 2 years okay you know, i was focusing on School and relationships more mm-hmm. so, but like within the past two years that I've had more time, I've been able to uh, pick up more gigs and uh, be more active in it. And, you know, nowadays I've, I've probably played 50 gigs between September now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're very active. Yeah, usually about uh, eight or ten a month. You know, I'm trimming back this month, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just staying uh, consistent. Okay. Yeah, I got you. So you, you probably – uh, like, was it like have deals with like certain locations, like restaurants or bars or yeah. Uh, venues? Yeah, I'll usually do you know monthly night. You know, whether it's uh, third Saturday of the month or even I do even do a week night that's a monthly. Um, but I've also been doing weekly residencies where I'm there every Friday. Okay, but um, yeah. Just filling out your schedule that way and uh, managing time in between. Is it, like, tough to plan it out? Like, time management, I think, is going to be – especially going to school. I know you've been going to school, too. And, mm-hmm. um, like, during that period, like, it's – I'm sure it's hard and hectic. And it's almost like opposite schedules, you know, because this stuff kind of goes on late into the night sometimes. You know, the the whatever at school or all other jobs, it's it's not. So, like, I'm just, like, kind of curious about, like, your – your time management and like how you manage to uh, like book everything. Oh, barely <laughs> by the skin of my teeth. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, I mean, time management's pretty important for you know. Um, I have a pretty easy semester at school right now. I'm in my last four credits of my uh, accounting program, so uh, I'm only taking one class. Congrats. Uh, yeah, I have to dedicate a lot of effort into it, but, you know, um, things are relatively easy. I would say, you know, like Sundays is when I'll do a lot of uh, – you got to wear – you know, when you're uh, throwing shows and promoting and also DJing, you have to really uh, focus on the promotion aspect of everything. And oh, I, really? I rely on uh, – I don't really have a team, mm-hmm. kind of a one-man show, so I have to do all the graphic design. So usually Sundays and Tuesdays I'll dedicate to doing that. I like to publish events Sunday night when people are, you know, looking at their phones or whatever before bed or even in the afternoon. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So it's like, yeah, that that's another thing. It's like I, I always find interesting it with like creative individuals mm-hmm. is like where they – a lot of creativity comes from just kind of like being laid back and like in some weird ways it just hits you at random times. 
But also, like running a business, you also have to be on time. You have to kind of yeah. You have to look at uh, you have to get together. You know, a good schedule for publishing content, and you have to consistently publish content. Like I try to make some type of content through either my Instagram or Facebook every two days. Okay, so that's that's, that's a lot. That's yeah, it's honestly, if you're not uh, if you're not, it doesn't sound like a lot because it's like oh, like you have forty eight hours to like think of one thing, but like. Yeah. It's not stopping. But it like you said, end. sometimes you'll have an idea and you will have to wait because you know there there are times where visibility is low and you got to figure out when to when it's ideal to publish something or you know share. Right, so you kind of actually probably got into a lot of like the the background stuff of social media of like yeah the, uh, all the marketing stuff. You know, I've been to business school, so that helps out a bit. Okay, but uh, yeah, just finding out you know what works with your audience, you know, and um, where to go from there and how. To be consistent with what you're doing. How is that? How is, like, growing an audience? Obviously, having a lot of time and doing this for years and yeah, years, I, uh, it builds up. But is it just, like... So my company, Sexual Tension Detroit, we've had a Facebook page for... We just celebrated our eight-year anniversary in November, but we've only had our Facebook page for maybe six years. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, that's just organic growth, you know. Um, I feel like six years ago, things were much different with... Um, People weren't overwhelmed with content like they are today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get an invite to an event or to like a page every every couple minutes. Right? Yeah. So it's hard to stay up with that. But um, So you think it's harder now? Like, yeah, it's definitely harder now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, I, I wouldn't know too much about that. But. Well, Facebook and Instagram, you know, they're owned by the same parent company. And it's all about. Um, Six years ago, it was probably right before they started pushing the advertisement. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all paid ads nowadays. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure those work great. I don't personally do them. I was going to ask if, like, you've seen any benefit from that. Because I, I know you can do by location. And if it's, like, if your kind of crowd is, like. Oh, yeah, you can really narrow down your um, your metrics. But um, I personally don't do that. No, yeah. I just, uh, you know, word of mouth. A lot of my parties are uh, underground. So I'll mm-hmm. still do, like, business cards and advertise that way. And, like, you'll slowly get a following. You okay. Know, cool. If you're doing something that people are into, they'll they'll find it and you'll find them. Nice. Okay, so just good organic growth and just being consistent with it, yep. and and people that actually show up, they they either know about you or they got invited through a friend or something like that, and it's it's probably like since it's your thing, like they'll know where to find you just because it's yep. sexual tension Detroit STD, boom, and right there, and like it's uh, they follow you from that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. So so you've been doing this for a while, and like one thing I was really curious about was. This kind of ties into um, running a business is like how do you grow your reputation? Is it just through just the same thing? Is it just the the way you you do business should be people should like to do business with you because of the way you do business, you know, whether it's through the way you build relationships or, you know, making sure you pay up front, you mm-hmm. know, that has a lot to do with DJing. Oh, really? Is, you know, or, uh, yeah, or booking shows or any production, making sure you're able to cover costs up front, you know, making sure you're providing a safe environment for people. Oh, so is that, um, that's like on you or is that? On oh, them? yeah, of yeah. course. Oh, yeah. Wow, if okay. I'm going to put my name on anything, I'm going to have my, wow. you know, say in it. That's, like, something you don't even really think about. You think it's, like, okay, you just kind of show up and stuff and, like... No, a lot of, lot of work goes into, yeah, making, really? making an event happen. So is is there, um, so 
I'm just curious about that. So there's like making sure it's safe. The people that like you're bringing are good or like what? Like- well, just like the the it depends on you know we do a lot of bar nights. Is there like rules you kind of like like there like a tone or something you set up or? Well, it, it really depends on you know what we're looking at if we're. Doing a uh, underground party, yeah. Then uh, you know it really depends on what kind of conditions the building in. Okay, is the roof leaking? <laughs> you know, things like oh, that. Oh, I got you. There's soap you. in the bathroom. You'd be surprised how <laughs> overlooked all these little things are. Wow. So just like the logistics of making sure everything's safe. Yeah, I mean, especially doing this in for some of the neighborhoods around, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's still like a very kind of like experimental areas that you can like go into. It's like they could be good, they could be. I mean, people have been throwing shit. underground parties for a long, long time, but yeah, especially in Detroit. I mean, like I feel like this is like oh yeah, we have a rich history. Yeah, so I mean, um, I've been to a lot of upscale, a lot of downscale, well, underground stuff, and like it totally ranges. I'm usually cool with everything, but yeah, there's some places yeah, where it gets. I try to do a nice mixture, you know, whether it's you know. A legal warehouse rave or, you know, I've been doing a really nice French restaurant in Midtown. Okay. Um, or, you know, the dive bar for 15 people on the weeknight. You know, I try to stay consistent with, you know, doing something that pretty much anyone can enjoy. Okay. As far as, like, venues, when do you start doing venues? Like, okay. So or, like, even underground, you know? I guess, uh, well, Sexual Attention Detroit started in uh, fall of 2011. We... Uh, I had a friend who moved in with a buddy of his that he knew through work, and they had a loft space at uh, a warehouse right by Belle Isle on Lafayette. And um, there was already staging there. It was an 8,000-square-foot warehouse. They had, you know, full full rain over. And, you know, I looked in there, and I'm like, this used to be a party spot, you know. We should uh, throw a rent party or something. And that's kind of how it started. So you guys threw a party and then um, just overdeveloped. Obviously, you've been doing it for a minute now. So have you, like, noticed the scene change at all? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Many of my friends have like, moved away, and my audience has completely shifted. Really? Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So what was it like, like, early days, I guess you could say? Like, early days you know, was a lot, three a lot easier. Uh, people were more responsive on social media, um, and you could just, you know, uh, post, like, the address, like, the day of. And everyone would know, but nowadays we have to be more uh, we have to be more careful, and you know we tell people to message us for the address nowadays. So, oh, wow. just for the sanctity of the party to keep everything, you know, huh? Okay, cool. out of the limelight or whatever. But um, yeah, it used to be a lot easier to do stuff. You know, I feel like um, a lot more of my friends lived here. Okay, I'm not saying I don't have friends here now, but. <laughs> But yeah, things uh, things have definitely changed. I've seen like the crowds completely shift at my events. And, what's what's uh, the crowd like starting out versus like now? Oh, uh, I mean, we were all younger. I was throwing parties when I, you know, uh, I was throwing dance parties when I was nineteen. So a lo- lot of younger crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of you know, a lot of friends of mine who'd go to like CCS or Wayne, and then a lot of people I went to high school with. Like we had pretty good group of people, but nowadays. Uh, much more diverse, which mm-hmm. I'm absolutely okay with and yeah. prefer. And so is it like now, like, do you get, like, a lot of people who you have never met, like, kind of, like, walk-in or, like, whatever venue you're at? You're, like, the kind Yeah, of- um, nowadays, for the most part, I try to keep my uh, parties at about 100 people is where I feel most comfortable with just because, like, you'll have, you know, one degree of separation from about 90% of those people. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, 
makes things every uh, that much more safer for everyone. Yeah, I, I really like that. Like, I think that's, like, super interesting to have, like, one degree of separation to, like, almost everyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of like it's not you, – you still feel like – there is like random people, and it's new and yeah. Interesting. Or if you know that person came with so and so, and you know them, or so and so, like it, yeah, it's it, some sense of like responsibility too. And then you know, it's like if you bring someone mm-hmm. and you know they're good, and like they bring someone, then you kind of know they're good too. Yeah, but you know, when you go over a hundred people at a party, you start to not know everyone, and you know. Um, it gets outside of uh, your community, mm-hmm. and then that's you know we try to avoid things like inappropriate touching or yeah you know people being a little too hedonistic <laughs> and uh, indulging yeah at the party. So cool. Okay, so basically it's like you, you it's I didn't even think about that. So you don't want too many people because then it like things get out of, out of control. Obviously, no, yeah, I'm comfortable with a hundred people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a one-man operation. Yeah. We'll have bigger parties, like our anniversary party. We had, like, just over 200 through the door. Okay. But um, would you, like, need security at that point? Like, oh, yeah. I've got you? I've got a good friend who does security for me, a big Russian fellow. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. He takes no shit. Yeah. So it's always good to have, you know, someone keeping an eye on things. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that would be pretty important, especially, I mean, like, I guess any city, but like Detroit especially can get kind of crazy at times. But you know, it's like I, for, for overall, I think it's pretty rare. I think mm-hmm. usually stuff doesn't go down, or maybe I just don't see it as much. No, you just gotta make sure you know. Up no, no weapons are you know. If you accidentally brought your gun, go put it in your car. Come Guns on like in, that. party with us. Yeah. Don't, uh, you know, no weapons or anything. Try to avoid that or markers where you know they can anything that could damage the space potentially. Gotcha. Got to respect the spaces that, you know, we party at. We always clean up and, you know, put a lot of prep work into it and decorations. So That is nuts. This is like even the even the cleanup. Like, that's kind of wild. Like, but that, I mean, obviously, like, like, that's a cool thing. But yeah, it's, like, it's not yeah. fun, you know. And uh, But, uh, you know, I wouldn't ask, especially like for when I do have teams for these larger events, I wouldn't ask anyone to do something I haven't been asked to do. Mm-hmm. And I'll be right next to you doing it too if we have to, you know, clean up a mess or – whatnot or you know wire a bunch of you know wrap a bunch of cables and do the mundane stuff or lift the heavy speakers like i'm always there to do that too cool awesome that's super great so i guess um another question i had was is there any like plans like do you do you kind of go about this career if i can say that like in a way of like you have like goals or are you just kind of like making sure you're busy on top of it and like doing that or do you uh, have like any goals for yourself in the like 2020 or the next three years? Well, I guess the next step as a musician, I would like to start performing live sets. Um, I've got you know quite a bit of uh, hardware gear, so I'd like to start bringing that out. It's just expensive. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, um, so that's kind of like a step you want to get into. And yeah, doing my own um, original productions live rather than just DJing. Okay, so cool. that'll be the next step for me. Also, um, you know, just uh, we switch venues, you know, pretty much every year or two. So I never stay at the same spot more than once, except you know, for the exception of like residencies that I've held for years. But uh, for underground parties, it's always looking for the new spot. I guess another goal would be uh, collaborate with a couple of close friends of mine and look at into getting a building so that we can have our own space. 
Nice. Not have to deal with, you know, the owner. Yeah, running the show or whatever. Yeah, or someone who's just, you know, letting us have the party so they can sell drinks or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, that that's that. I think that'd be super cool. Yeah, uh, having our own space and having our own control is going to be crucial going forward. Do you like that stuff? Because um, there's, like, I guess two sides to like there's like the actual art mm-hmm. or, or or production of what you're doing and there's like all the like behind stuff which is like the actual business side of yeah things. i'm i guess my specialty is more so in the logistics oh really yeah okay like making sure our budget's straight and you know everything's paid up front and how are we are you know how are we going to generate enough cash how are we going to promote this you know are we going to make sure that we're going to break even at least Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm all the business side of things. Gotcha. Like, I could do, a, you know, yeah. a little bit of decorations or whatever, <laughs> but, like, that's not my forte. I'm not that creative. Gotcha. Okay, so you're really into, like, actually, like, kind of making sure. Making sure a, it happens. From a high level, yeah. yeah, like, all the pieces are in place yep. and, like, you're just, like, kind of. And then, and then obviously, you, you, you show up and you do your whole thing, too, on top of that. And mm-hmm. I think at this point, it's probably, like, second nature to you. You can, like, you know, it could be any type of mood, this and that, and you could still, like, make Yeah, I mean, there are many perfect. days where I work, you know, at 6 a.m. the next day, and I'll DJ till 5. Oh, Jesus. Or, you know, get off of work and have to immediately scramble to get to the gig or, you know, pick this up. We forgot this, forgot that. Yeah. Just got uh, to make it happen in the end, so. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's, like, super... Um, relatable to anyone that like has their own businesses, like just making it happen. It's mm-hmm. it's very rarely ever everything's perfect, and when it is, it's super nice, and you actually appreciate it. A lot of yes. people that go into it are like, "Oh, this is how it's supposed to be." But like, no, this is actually like rare, and a lot of times there's like things that are messing up and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's just a party. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. There's nothing to stress out about. You might lose a couple hundred dollars or whatever. That's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. As long as you provide a safe environment, everyone has a good time, like, that's why we're doing it. Yeah, honestly, I think it's, like, it has something to do with, like, what you love, you know? It's, like, it's like you, you, it's, if, if you're not really passionate about it, then, like, it's going to be a tough time, you know, because you're stressed that out and everything. But if, you, if, if like, you would do that, like, there's there's no, no reason you're going to stop because it's, like, anyone who wouldn't want to do it for the sole reason of loving to do it, then... They and there ain't a whole lot of money in it yeah. <laughs> when so, you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's ways to capitalize on it, but, like, that's, that's like, a whole other thing, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I try to stay in my lane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's that's super important, too, I think. it's I, I think it, uh, being authentic in this space is, like, super crucial, and um, that's beautiful. But um, I, I want to go back, touch on, on, on sleep, because I've been, like, really oh, into boy. sleep lately. We could all use more sleep. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've been, uh, I like have this app or on my Apple Watch, and like it really tracks my sleep, and I've been starting to get on top of it. But um, I know I'm like a different person when I don't sleep. How do you manage like your sleep cycles, or just like because it's this and that all over the place? Uh, right? Well, weekends are rather rough for me right now. For January and February, I was doing a Friday residency where I played from 11 p.m. till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm get home around 2.30, maybe a little bit later, and then I work at, you know, around 6.30 in the morning, so I take, you know, three-hour nap, and then uh, go into work, you know, work till about 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., and then take another little nap, and then many days I'll have a gig Saturday night, 
So just on the weekends, napping. Sunday, I'm completely dead, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, throughout the week, trying to uh, get into routine. Like, right now, um, I've got a pretty good routine where I'm in bed, you know, around midnight. Okay. Trying to avoid all the uh, blue light, trying to, uh, you know, eat healthier and work out every day and avoid alcohol. And that's been working out for me. That's, yeah, that's probably tough because you're around alcohol all yeah, the time. Yeah, no, for the longest time, I'd have, you know, pretty much an unlimited bar tab every weekend. Yeah. And, you know. It's like, t- like I mean, growing up, you're like, wow, like, for I'll take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah. Or so, at least something, and, you know. And, you know, it. it it's tempting at first, and, you know, when you're younger, it's more appealing, yeah. but nowadays, it's just... It's like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get to that point. I'd rather go out now and just have, like, one nice drink that I really can enjoy or two, you yeah, know? there you go. And usually they're, like, like a cocktail bar. I like that scene, mm-hmm. you know? And then, like, I enjoy my buzz way much more. No hangover, this and that. I get to bed at an early time. More, like, focused, you know? And I think if... Um, also, pairing that with eating, right? Yeah, nutrition is, like, is just as important as sleep. Okay. Because I don't get a lot of sleep, but I make sure, you know, I'll do like an intermittent fasting thing where, you know, only between uh, 1 and 8. Okay. And I Has that to, been good for you? you, you oh, yeah. Because I, I, I've obviously heard a lot about it and never really got around to it. I kind of naturally like kind of skip breakfast. I don't know if that. Yeah, I skip breakfast. I'll do a smoothie around noon or 1. Between noon and two, we'll do a smoothie, and then, you know, I try to eat a lot of, like, chickpeas. Yeah. Chickpeas, beans. Yeah, A lot of vegetables. Stuff, yeah. Okay, cool. But, like, that, that's, like, that nutrition will keep you sustained. Yeah, so that that sounds like it's, like, super crucial for you and yeah. what you do. I mean, like, it's – because I know with me, it's, like, I've got the same thing on the weekends. If I'm going out and whatnot with friends or we got an event or something like that and trying to get back into it on the weekdays, Thankfully, I got like a nine to five. I don't know. It's thankful, but like it's it's a it's a scheduled you know work style, so I can do that pretty good. But it, I always feel like I I fuck up on the weekends. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I know I can throw your week out of whack too, especially when you're like for me. I make my own schedule. I mean, I've got a lot of obligations, but yeah, it just depends. You know, some uh, like when you're really busy, you gotta look for you know what's the next project. You know, we got to keep things going. So. For sure. Sleeps, you know, you're going to have to take a back seat. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like, that that's how it works sometimes. And then you also mentioned, like, working out, too. Do you find, like, working out, like, super important with that, too? Or yeah, is it absolutely. Really? Okay. Yeah, at least three days a week. Okay. You know, will keep you, you know, you'll sleep better at night, especially during the weekdays when you need it. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's something that, like, those are basically my three things as well. It's, like, eating right. Which I'm like, whatever. I just like stay, stay away from processed foods. Yeah. That's kind of my thing, exactly. basically. And then um, I'm getting pretty good at sleep. And then the the working out thing is like super crucial. I'm I'm so dependent on working out to be in a good mood, to be focused, to be on top of things. And it's it's kind of like not addiction, but like I'm I'm out of it. If if I yeah, if, <laughs> and and I have been because it's like I, I've had the flu and I couldn't work out and. I have like the past two weeks. I've been having so much stuff go on. I couldn't like, and I moved too. So like, my gym is way further away from me. So I need to find a new gym and whatnot. Um, but yeah, those those three things, like, definitely, regardless of what's happening in like in my environment, like, I, I'm I'm pretty good on top of it if I have those three things aligned, which I can control. You yeah, know? you just gotta find time to do stuff. You don't have to go to the gym every day. You can always like lift dumbbells while you're watching TV or looking at your phone. Yeah, <laughs> is there um. 
Is there anything else, or is those like the main three things? Uh, I guess like meditation. You know, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't do a lot of meditation. Uh, you know, I, I dedicate a lot of time to school too, so that helps keep me, you know, learning. Mm-hmm. Learning Very new active. skills is always good. Um, but yeah, other than that, that and searching for music keeps me motivated. Gotcha, gotcha. Is that like kind of like the most like rewarding thing is finding new music, new venues, or is there um like like I guess like what keeps you going because you've been doing this for so long, and I know I've had friends who like got into a kind of like a little side thing and it just kind of falls off, but like you are like one of those people that I've seen that is like no matter what like. I've seen people start and end their like musical career, and you just keep going. Yeah, you just have to be consistent. And I feel like since I'm consistent, a lot of people will reach out to me, whether if they're opening up a new bar and they want to have nights, or if they need a DJ for this or that occasion. So you just kind of know that it, the consistency is important in building a brand, yep. and you just put in the work to do that. Yeah, and you can rely on me. I've got you know, I'll bring out gear if we have to, if we can make a you know. A deal. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, you know, well, there's bars and restaurants and clubs opening up in Detroit, you know, every month. Yeah. No, literally. I mean, it's, it's always something new. I guess, like, I'm wondering, like, what, like, inside of you keeps you going in this? If it's if it's not the money, then, like, what is it? Well, I mean, I enjoy seeing people happy and okay. sharing music with people. Okay, cool. So you just like to kind of like put people in a good vibe, good state? Yeah, and be around friends. I've got a lot of really talented friends, and I want to give them a platform, you know, to, uh, you know, do what they do best. Okay, so so on top of you playing and stuff, you, you're putting on other people. And oh, yeah, I always have guest DJs. Okay, cool, great. So, like, all you guys kind of, like, get together and, like, find places, and it's just all about... Uh, I guess, like, promoting their work, making sure everyone's having a good time, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess, like, keeping the party going week after week. Yep. Is there, on the flip side, is there, like, a lot of, like, bad thi- Like, what, what's, like, some of the typical, because I'm not in this space. I don't know anything about it. What's, like, the typical, like, just bullshit you have to deal with? Oh, um... <laughs> And you don't have to nothing listen is to names. Nothing is necessarily typical. It's different all the time. You know, I don't d- just do bar or club stuff. So some of the underground stuff gets really, uh, you know, borderline legality. So mm-hmm. there'll be, you know, I guess some bad experience I've, ha- I've had. I've had to clean up dog shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Before. In the venue? In the venue, yeah. God damn. All I mean, right. you'll, you'll just get a warehouse, you know, with a... The roof will be leaking. You just got to make sure, like, how do we transform this or just make it, you know, good enough so that we can have our night and, you know, cut, you know. Cut ties or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. But you have to really think on your feet. And uh, I've had a lot of challenging stuff like that. You know, like cleaning up dog shit, dealing with, you know, um, with leaks. Like, you just have to think uh, or, you know, issues with power. Like, Yeah. Have you ever had a situation like that where, like, the music oh spot. yeah plenty of times really yeah so that's wow so like what happens like my- it depends you know nowadays if i'm renting out sound i'll also think about having a generator around just in case but um sometimes you just have to you know have you ever had like, power the system you know cancel a show or something or like are everyone gotta go or like no Really? Yeah, okay. we always seem to figure it out. You know, half the people in the audience. Uh, let's think about Detroit. There's DJs and sound guys are, are always in the audience. Really? Yeah, so, I, I mean, 
you always got people who you can ask for help. Okay. And it usually just ends up working out somewhere or another. Yep. Wow. Yeah, there's always a way to make it happen. That's that's so cool. Is there um I I guess like going all along like with the bad stuff, is there like like with like the actual venues, uh, like actual people. Not not. I'm not asking for people's names. But like, <laughs> is there is there like a like certain thing you you watch out for now with like people who are who own the location? Yeah, reputation. Reputation. If uh, you know someone that I respect can't vouch for you, mm-hmm. there's a slim chance that I'm going to work with you. Okay, so that's like super important, especially yeah. at, at, I, at I, your point. I don't have time. I'm not desperate to throw these shows. Mm-hmm. I love doing these things, but. I'm at the point where if it's, you know, more trouble than it's worth, I'm not gotcha. going to be involved in it. You're not going to experiment with people who, yeah. you know, there's got to be some way where. You see a lot of people who are really thirsty just to play gigs and get that glory or whatever, make a name for themselves. I'm just kind of over that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm safe. I want to make sure, you know, everything's squared off on the business end of things and I don't have to worry about anything. Gotcha. But if, you know, if I have a feeling like something's not right i'm trust your god much easier to walk away than gotcha okay that that's that's super interesting for me too because i mean you're you're definitely at a stage where you have a brand you have you have an audience and whatnot and like yeah when i was younger i you know i've been in some situations but where like you just experiment trying new things you just want to play yeah you just want to play and a lot of young djs you know they want to play now and but there are better ways to go about it. You don't have to get tied up in, you know, someone who's not going to pay you or, you know, take advantage of you or hustle you in some way. Like, So because, like, I'm looking at this perspective of, like, someone who could be listening and is, like, getting into it. And they are young mm-hmm. right now. Or, like, if you had advice for, like, someone who's younger oh, getting yeah, into pl- this. I've got plenty of advice for younger DJs. I guess um, be consistent uh, and be a part of the community. Um, if you're not going, you know, come out to the shows. Introduce yourself to the promoters and the other DJs. If they okay. don't know you, you know, like, honestly, promoters and DJs, they, they book their friends. Like, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wow. They're not, like, and there's no shortage of talented DJs in Detroit. Yeah. And, you know, mostly, like, I'm friends with many talented mm-hmm. DJs that I would put on, but you got to get out there, go to our shows, come say, introduce yourself and be a part of the community. And, you know, I guess nowadays there's a couple open deck nights that I would check out, uh, particularly on uh, Tuesdays at the high dive in Hamtramck. Okay. Is they that just kind of like a takeover? Everyone just kind of, yeah, like, uh, you know, they've got like five hour slots or whatever and people sign up for it. But like, that's, you know, uh, gear is really expensive. You're not gonna have, you know, club rig at your house. So, if you want to learn how to use the gear, go out to those nights, go out to the bar and hang out and, you know, meet these other people and start learning how the gear works. And that's like a perfect opportunity. Like I didn't have that opportunity when I was younger. We we didn't have the all the fancy CDJs where you just plug in your flash drive. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I feel like the the game has changed so much. But yeah, yeah it's and I love it. It's becoming more accessible than everyone. Yeah. But it's also not because of you know, it's very it's very expensive. The the gear is very expensive. Really? Uh, yeah. How much um like equipment does like a random show cost for like someone to put on? Well, you would rent out sound and you would rent everything, but uh, oh, really? They, you everyone? It's like a rental thing. Most yeah, you would rent? you would rent out sound. Okay. You want to so, buy speakers just to have a party? Gotcha. Okay, so you just hmm, okay. So, but like as far as like your own equipment. Is is that like the most expensive thing? Is like renting out equipment? 
Uh, talent, probably. Talent? Yeah. Talent's the most expensive? Okay. Uh, depending. You know, I would say, yeah, sound. I'm sure talent can, like, range, you know, but if you want good talent, yeah. you got to... Yeah, no, I try not to just book a bunch of, you know, $100 local DJs. I try to step it up a little bit but more usually, but especially if we're doing an underground party. But, um, yeah, sound's expensive, and you want to make sure you have good sound. Okay. There's a lot of good sound companies in Detroit, and, you know, a lot of them will work with you. But okay. Sound's important. How so? Is, I'm I'm thinking about the actual like logistics of how it works. So you you go to some sound company and they they meet up with you and they just like set up all the sound and like you just perform or is it a lot of you doing this stuff? Personally, do you, do you, like, yeah. do you pick up the equipment? Like I don't know. Well, personally, it depends on what's already at the venue. If there's nothing in the venue, then yeah, I'll have to you know contact a friend and. Uh, but I've got friends who have you know club systems that. We'll all do favors for each other, you know, whenever anyone needs a hand with anything or advice or anything, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm getting this whole feeling that it's, like, all about, like, not making friends, but, like, essentially it's, like, a, a group of people who respect each other. Yeah. And even though you, you might have not grown up with them or you don't interact with them as much, like, it's just people that you can trust and rely on and vice versa. Exactly. That's when things become much easier than, you know, just relying on yourself. Gotcha. So it's kind of – it is like a reputation type thing where it's like you have to – people vouch for you and then it things just get a lot easier. And I think that's – you just got to put the work in. Yeah, you got to put in the work and you'll get there. Okay, cool. Interesting. That's – yeah, That I think that transcends a lot of, um, I guess, fields too. I think music is definitely something that's a lot of collaboration, even though it's just like one artist up there exactly. or whatever. It's there's a lot of background stuff, and whether it's like the location or even the the, the audience who's there, it's like there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and that's what I like about music and the whole Detroit scene. Um, it's it's really kind of connected in a community, and it's you. I feel like social media helps, but you can't run really a business like that. Like there's, there's other businesses. Like I, I no, have, you have to, you have to be out. You have to go to the bars on even the weeknights or whenever the parties are and get to know people. You got to be part of the community. You can't just, you could put it on, you could do all this stuff, but at the same time, it's like not enough. Like same thing with me. I had, I had like an online business. Um, and technically you can do everything online, mm-hmm. you know, but especially with music, it's, it's really, getting yourself out there and like you're not going to meet anyone at your house no there's you know a lot of parties going on if you're trying to throw a party you gotta use a little bit of strategy and also have people that are going to come and support you is there um any like people you would like recommend i check out a show from obviously like some of your oh yeah absolutely i've got tons of talented (laughs) friends yeah um i would say uh I'm like, what type of vibe is it, you know? like Oh, it depends, man. Everything's so different, you know? Um, like, tonight, there's going to be a good hip-hop show on the east side over uh, Gross Point Park. Okay. Right at Charlevoix and, uh, and Alter. Um, yeah, but my buddy Yarsh uh, at the Charlevoix, they've got uh, Jerobi White from A Tribe Called Quest coming out. Oh, wow. A couple other local rappers. It's going to be pretty cool. Really? Yeah. So, like, a hip-hop venue. Uh, is there, like, do you like a lot of diversity as far as, like, musical taste? Oh, yeah. It? I get tired of hearing boom, 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 you mm-hmm. know, every single time I'm out. So, so I like a lot of down-tempo hip-hop. Um, I like seeing live bands play rock and roll. Okay. I'm usually listening to rock and roll or hip hop when I'm, you know, driving in my car or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, is there like I, I know even like you you a couple shows I went to it's like it was like disco stuff too. Yeah, that's was, like our specialty. Like disc, disco and acid house is mainly what I like to play. Okay, okay. So I dabble in techno, uh-huh. and then you know, but I like house music. You know, it's uplifting and yeah, definitely. people can really dance to it. Mm-hmm. Is it's there not too experimental and weird? You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a whole just like how like mainstream versus how like in depth you want to go yeah know? i feel like house music really bridges that gap yeah whereas people want to hear you know words or something that they can relate to mm-hmm. and i feel like that disco and house are perfect for that yeah no I, I i fully agree i think like that that's like a blend where anyone can like kind of come into it enjoy themselves from it but um yeah so is there uh i, I kind of want to like touch back on like you you want to start doing live music and live sets like what's that entail like because again i don't know this stuff and like when when you're djing it's like you just have a whole bunch of like tracks like actually oh yeah when you're djing you, you know the gear is already set up you you bring a flash drive or your needles and records and you play mm-hmm. but so, i would be uh for live you know i would bring out synthesizers like a laptop a bunch of effects pedals and drum machines and so is that like music on the fly? Because I, I see that you know at like concerts and like this mm-hmm. person is doing it live. So like, what does that mean? Like, I'm super noob. So they're, that, they're like, playing their own original music. They start with like a drum beat, and then you know they'll have a sequence going to like the bass, and so like they create that all on the fly. And so it's literally like everything you're hearing are just like all these pieces of mu- music that they're adding in yep. and like taking out and like yeah. Putting they'll new start stuff with like in. the drum, the drum track, and then you know they'll bring in the bass line and they'll bring in the synth and. They'll twist a bunch of knobs, and like the beautiful thing is, it's going to be different every time you do it. Yeah. Even if you have like you know you're sequencing the same melodies, but the way you go about it, you might like oh take too much time on one part, and then before switching in, like it's always going to be different. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Especially when you bring all the hardware into play. Yeah. And you know you're relying on these knobs or all these external effects. Is there, um, as far as, like, going into a DJ set, like, how does that work? Is it, like, you just have all your tracks lined up and then, but you still have to, like, mix it in, right? Like, oh, yeah, of course. So, <laughs> is that, like, kind of, like, the big thing is, like, yeah. mixing it in uh, and you just kind of, like, let it do its thing for a couple minutes? Yeah, nowadays it's a lot easier because they've got these uh, CDGs, which are essentially, you know, big computers with, like, little platters on them where... You plug in your flash drive. You've got playlists. It tells you the BPM. You kind of like sync it up or whatever. Yep, sync it up and then mix it in, and uh, it just flows together. You yep, and you you've got gigabytes and gigabytes of music. You can play forever. Jeez. Okay, so you can like literally do anything. And I mean, yeah, I still bring out vinyl. I mean, a lot of uh, most venues will have turntables. Most proper venues, but you yeah. know, sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes we just have CDJs. Or, yeah. you know. Okay, so so with the vinyls, that's like you're literally putting on a track and like it starts spinning and yeah, that's... you got to use turntables and uh, yeah, you know turntables are prone to a lot of issues, uh, especially in a club environment. Like you'll get feedback, especially uh, you'll get skipping from the subwoofers, you know. Shaking oh yeah, things. yeah. So you got to make sure they're properly isolated and able to uh, interact with the room. Gotcha. So it is probably a little bit more harder to do, but is it? Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but why do people still do it? Is it just like, I guess, I'm sure it's harder to do. So no, it's, just, like, it's the culture, you know. It's the culture. That's how people started DJing was with records, and that's the way it's always been. And that's what, uh, 
you know, especially all these classic dance tracks where, you know, they would go to vinyl so that DJs could play them. Oh, gotcha. So, so it's like they, they got it now and it's it's been like that ever since. Yeah, and it's just part of the culture. You go to the record store and, like, you find, you know, you look at all these records and listen to them there and, you know, they, you know the record store or, or the staff will give you, you know, advice on, you know, or recommendations on what you should be getting. And gotcha. Do you ever do, like, uh, like, Garage sales? Do you ever like check? Oh yeah, out? like uh, what about Facebook Marketplace even? Like? Yeah, once in a while you'll get like people selling lots. Um, it really depends. Um, I've had good luck at flea markets. I've had good luck at estate sales. If there's records and I'm there, I'm gonna look at them. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's like its own thing. What are a couple good places in Detroit for like uh, buying records? Uh, Detroit music, techno house, um, Detroit Threads. Detroit and Tramick on Joseph Campo and uh, Throwbridge. Okay. Um, I would also recommend Hello Records and Corktown. Nice. Okay, cool. So that, those are a lot of options out there. It's like, yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. We, I, like I was saying, I just moved in and uh, my buddy's getting um, a record player and then he's like starting to like look into a couple places. So I'm definitely going to recommend those to him. Yeah. And a lot of people are reissuing, you know, vinyl from, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Really? Okay. And you can always go to, you know, any local shop and find really good music at a budget price. Cool. So uh, I guess, like, is there any other hobbies outside of, like, the whole music realm that you, like, partake in? Or is it, is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it just, like, full? I'm really into Magic the Gathering. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. That's cool, though. That's that's unique. So I'm... um. I, I I I play one video game and that's it. But like I'm oh yeah, I'm I never so got into video games, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel like, like when I was younger, I'd play like a couple sports or whatnot ones, but mm-hmm. never really got into it. I always got like really anxious when like, especially like the the first person shooters and like going across the corner. And, oh yeah, I can't stand those. Like if it's like reaction time. Things like that, like, I can't do it. I like strategy stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, if it's, like, reaction speed, I will always lose to... Yeah, I feel like Magic the Gathering got me into more gaming as in a game theory rather than, you know, just shooting everything in sight. Yeah. So I'll enjoy, you know, I'll go over John's house when he does the board game nights once in a while. Uh-huh. Have a good time. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there uh, anything else you like to do as far as, like, hobbies that, like, take up a lot of your time, or is it pretty no. much... Um, Music. Um, assurance services. <laughs> yeah. Learning about as much as I can about accounting. Basically it, you know. How does that like um I guess like blend is it is it just in, in general, like why'd you get into that as opposed to Oh I knew I wanted to go to school for business. Okay. I, I didn't go back to school until I was like twenty five or twenty six. But mm-hmm. um yeah, you know, going uh I feel like that was really beneficial knowing what I actually wanted to do going back to school rather than fresh out of high school, but um yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I knew I wanted to do business, but uh, I talked to someone I consider a mentor, and they said, you know, you should, rather than just doing general business, you should do accounting. You'll have a really good, uh, you know, understanding of the financial statements and gotcha. be able to make a lot of higher-level decision-making. Yeah, especially, and you can take that, obviously. I'm sure that's tying right back into your, like, music business is where you're going to be like, yeah. on top of your stuff. And being able to... Taxes, like, come on. You know, like, no, taxes are one thing. But, <laughs> but being able to audit, like, you know, uh, your present and past performance will help you predict, you know, what you should feasibly be able to do in the future. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's, like, a whole 
another aspect to like the music industry that a lot of people like might not even have and like you have that on your back and like that's really gonna like make sure you're on top of it and like not making like really dumb decisions yeah yeah no and i'm comfortable with where i'm at you know like i said i don't like doing events with more than 100 people i like more intimate stuff that's pretty cool we're already wrapping up over here this went by quick but um sure did I uh, want to ask a couple questions, but where, where can everyone find you? Like, uh, you, can, you can find uh, Sexual Tension Detroit on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tension Detroit. You can find me on Facebook, too, uh, facebook.com slash Jerry Downey Music. We're also on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Sexual Tension Detroit, one word. Gotcha. And those are your main ones, is like Twitter or anything like that? Uh, I don't really use Twitter all that often, no. Yeah. I'm not a Twitter guy, to be honest. Either. Yeah. <laughs> I have one on I never got into it. But um, uh, one last question I want to ask you is as far as like this has some element of like entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. to what you've been doing is do, do you feel like uh, it's like something you're born with or is it the environment and you can be taught like everything like you kind of came up into is it do you, do you find like well, you can be taught one thing personality? you have to you have to be able to take advice you have to be able to not be afraid to ask questions and you know, I've learned a lot of things the hard way, but now that I'm able to, you know, ask for advice, look up to other people, things become a lot easier. Gotcha. So it's just like, kind of like putting yourself out there and, and being able to listen. and Yeah, be a part of the community, be consistent, ask for help when you need it, and help others, and it'll go from there, you know. And that was the end of our episode with Jerry Downey Jr. Hopefully you guys got something out of it. He was a great guest. And see you guys next time.